0: I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a Dirty Moderate. Dirty Moderates, we always say we're trying to save democracy one episode at a time here because democracy is distressed these days. It's under terrible distress, terrible duress, threatened by an authoritarian cult here, in the United States, known as MAGA, MAGA Republicanism. They're not conservatives. They're not even Republicans. They're just fascists, authoritarians. And we've spoken a lot about fascism, authoritarianism, despotism, autocracy. They all are variations on a theme of a government that seizes power in one way or the other, oftentimes by being democratically elected, not by coup. But that responds to the will of the people, a populist will, often case – and often uh, the case, it's anger, grievance, resentment, hatred, divisiveness, bigotry, racism, and the list goes on and on. It's a litany, isn't it? And we've seen it manifest and and foment now. Uh, it's rearing its head and has for a long time, the Brexit, uh, decision where the UK split from the EU, of course, them being independent outside the EU isn't fascist in and of itself, but it was led by stoking working class resentment and fear especially of immigration, which at the time Europe had been dealing with Syrian refugees, namely, and England had been dealing with Syrian refugees and Muslim refugees of all kind and Polish Eastern European refugees who were replacing the old Northern English types, carpenters, plumbers, and the like, taking their jobs, becoming handymen, so to speak. And if they separated, they would solve the problem. Well, of course, as is always the case with sort of Resentment movements. They promise some kind of salve, some kind of emollient, some kind of uh, bomb, if you will, at the time only to find out that it doesn't solve the problem. It often makes it worse. The pound is at its lowest in many, many years right now, the English pound, and it's – the Brexit decision has cost them more than it gained them. I guess they gained their pride. They also gained a huge bill like having to subsidize their own agriculture, which the EU used to do, and all sorts of other benefits. But I'm not here to just talk about England. I'm here to talk about the specter-haunting Europe, as the phrase once went. Uh, And it's happening. Donald Trump was elected in 2016. Of course, he was defeated in 2020, but look at what he's created. Earlier this month, Sweden, the far-right party in Sweden, Ran on an anti-immigrant Jews will never be Swedes campaign, another resentment campaign. It wasn't just on that. They won 20% of the Swedish parliament. There is a Spanish fascist party. Spain has a sordid history with Franco, the dictator who ruled with an iron fist, a right-wing dictator for 40 years from the 30s till the 70s. Anyway, there's a fascist movement afoot there. Fascism never really gone away. It kind of crawls under its shell and rears its head again. Let it be known that the news of last weekend should send a chill on everybody's spine. The news being that the return of fascism in Italy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, as one would say, well... Giorgia Maloney becomes the first female prime minister of Italy. Certainly breaks new ground. What kind of ground it breaks is another story. Kind of conjuring up a darkness of history. Fascism was born, after all, in Italy, in the dictatorship of Benito Mussolini, the father of fascism, who took power after World War I and before World War II. Now, Maloney is slated to take power at the end of the month because she's going to be governing a coalition. Italy is no stranger to political turbulence, to autocratic governments, to total chaos. Uh, the Forza Italia Party, which has long been the main force on Italy's populist right, uh, is going to coalesce Silvio, Silvio Berlusconi. You may remember him. He was uh, a paradigm of corruption. Um, The Forza Italia Party and the League Party that's run by a guy named Matteo Salvini, they're all going to take their populist right uh, politics and coalesce because in parliamentary systems they all come together, folks, not a democracy situation like here where there's a president and there's a separation. No, the parliament is one, led by a ruler. 23% is what they represented according to polls but they're going to be the party's largest block in Italy. So yeah, it's not a majority. Maloney represents a party herself called the brothers of Italy. She's been in charge of it now for about eight years since 2014. And it has a sinister tint to it, doesn't it? It's been the voice of the extreme right in Italy. It dates back to an Italian social movement called MSI, which was the party that was formed in place of the National Fascists. Mussolini founded the National Fascists. This was formed uh, uh, after the National Fascist Party was banned after World War II. Remember, World War II left. So we thought fascism in the ashes of history, on the ash heap of history. You know, Hitler, remember, copied Mussolini. He, he used Mussolini as a model of how to rule, the strong man, the iron fist, the dictator. Now, we're just weeks now before 100 years have passed since the famous March on Rome, which took place in October 1922. This was the event that saw Mussolini take power. So fascism is such deep roots, such deep roots. Maloney hasn't always ruled the Brothers of Italy party. Predecessor was Ignacio La Russa. He openly admitted, Ignacio did, that we are all, quote, heirs of Il Duce, Mussolini. It's no joke, folks. Mark Twain said history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. Now, we've heard about right-wing movements spanning the globe and threatening democracy everywhere, namely Viktor Orban in Hungary, of course MAGA here, uh, very restrictive governments in Poland, too. and. Like Orban, who has become the sort of foremost right-winger in Central Europe, suspending uh, rights, uh, stomping over democratic norms, Uh, there's a sort of rhetoric now that transcends. It's Brexit rhetoric. It's Trumpian rhetoric. It's Orban rhetoric, and now it's Maloney rhetoric. It's deployed by all right-wing parties everywhere now. They're like brothers in arms. They call it globalist. They're taking on the elites. It's a leftist globalist movement, they say. Maloney herself recently said that, quote, there's a leftist ideology, so-called globalist, which she told the Washington Post, quote, that aims to con- to consider as an enemy everything that defined you, everything that has shaped your identity and your civilization. Ruth Ben-Ghiat, the expert on authoritarianism who's been on this program, had pointed that quote out in an article in The Atlantic. Um And she has an article out called The Return of Fascism in Italy, which really is informing my my talk to you today. Because these kind of movements, globalists, the other, remember, they're not defined by what they're for. They're defined by what they're against. What is Maloney against? What is Trump against? What is Orban against? They're against the liberal order, multiculturalism, right? LGBT lobbies, says Maloney, that are harming the family by invoking things like gender identity, going after George Soros and international speculators. Again, the globalists, many people know these terms. They used to say Jew, George Soros being Jewish, a Hungarian Jew, survivor of the Holocaust, his family survived the Holocaust. You know, that's what they say, elites, speculator, immigration, threatening, the way of life. We're Italians. We're Hungarians. We're Brits. We're Americans. We aren't the sum of our parts, right? We don't cherish the enrichment of different peoples coming to our land. we We see that as the great replacement. You know, that's the racist white supremacist theory proffered here in the United States that resents the browning of America. The demographic changes. You know, several months ago this year, we saw a French election where even though uh, Emmanuel Macron was reelected, Marine Le Pen, that's right, Marine Le Pen, the son of Jean-Marie Le Pen, uh, was the head of the National Rally Party in France. Um, She almost got in. Far-right party, her father was famously a Holocaust denier. And Maloney used to cheer on Putin, believe it or not. And Ruth Ben-Ghiap pointed this out too. She was always a a supporter of Putin. Only now since uh, the invasion of Ukraine has she toned that down. But of course she had her eye on the polls, you know, and the Western world has been united against Putin, right? But Maloney's like Le Pen and Orban. I mean, they're all a little different. They're all a little similar. You know, they are women, especially Maloney and Le Pen are, I should say, Women rise into power. This isn't like Margaret Thatcher, who rose as a conservative, you know, overturning a lot of the failures of uh, labor party rule in the 60s and 70s. She came in to bring free enterprise and values and sure she was controversial, but she wasn't a fascist. Le Pen and Maloney are these kind of women that get elected because they're extreme, but they run as women. So they soften their image. They kind of use their gender as an advantage, even as they rail against feminism and genderism and all that stuff. Maloney, you know, wears certain outfits to look elegant. She does. She kind of speaks in these weird, I've been listening to some speeches this weekend. She kind of speaks in these, these tones of strength and she's going to defend women and, and meanwhile, her party wants to roll back women's rights. It's no different than the Republican Party, right? When you hear Republican women like a Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee, right wing senator, right? Or um, uh, Republican women in the House like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, who speak about freedom and liberty even as they are the torchbearers of illiberalism, right? Of a curtailing of women's rights. Now, Italy. Um, uh, has had abortion being it's a Catholic country, but it's had abortion legal only since 1978 and brothers of Italy where they've ruled, because remember in, in there's a coalition in parliament. So all these different parties rule different parts of the country. In this case, little localities they've clamped down on access to abortion. Um, they've been pretty prominent in Verona, but he knows two gentlemen of Verona. Um, uh, and uh, the famous Italian city. Uh, they call that city, the Brothers of party, did pro-life pretty much. Um, now, Le Pen, you know, kind of stopped at the water's edge. She kind of like disavowed her father. Uh, used to be, the French party used to be called National Front. Now it's called National Rally. Because he was, as I said, Holocaust denier, overtly raised. She wanted to sort of soften her, her harsh image. Maloney, though, claims that she's the kind of neo-fascist, though she loves to use the mantle of conservative and says fascism is a thing of the past. And folks, I'm so tired of this. I'm tired of the fact that there is an honorable conservative tradition. I have said this in the United States that speaks of beliefs in progress, of course, but it, it modulates progress. It believes in free enterprise. It believes in individual rights. Really is a cousin to classical liberalism, right? How do we use government To maximize our benefit, but how does it work to protect liberty? That's conservatism to me. This is fascism. The Brothers of Italy party, right, has a logo that represents the MSI uh, emblem. That's the post-World War II fascist party. They're nativist, right? They are xenophobic. Xenophobic. They're all about the demographics. Again, the demographic pathic, uh, panic that you see with MAGA here in the States. Oh, my God, immigrants at the border. What are we going to do? The Great Replacement Theory, Tucker Carlson spins all the time on his, on his Fox program. This is what they're doing here. This is what Maloney's doing, right? Ooh, we got to worry about the number of Italians that are being born, right? All the social welfare that's being given to mothers, right we gotta we gotta be tougher on abortion and reproductive rights. It's worth noting that, you know, Germany, right, sort of the kind of worst example, I guess you could say of fascism because of what Hitler did with his extermination machine. The Nazis only won thirty three percent of the vote in nineteen thirty two just so you know. And within a year, Hitler had seized control of the entire German government. Trump only won 46% of the vote and was elected president. The Italian fascists got 44%. Maloney. You don't need a majority. They're going to represent just a minority of the party and a minority of the country. Autocrats depend on the majority following a blind minority, the rules of a minority, rather than fighting for democracy. That's what the Republican Party is doing. Right. So Germany had its, you know, denazified after the war and, and said, we're going to rid ourselves of, of the evils of Hitlerism. And yeah. And fascists were purged from government and so on and so forth. But even though the fascist party was banned in Italy, there was still a successor to it, this MSI party. And it's been like the fourth largest party, you know. One thing about Italy, they've got a multitude of parties. I don't even actually know how many. You know, the United States famously has two parties. It's poor third party. Um Efforts have often failed. although there's a new party, the forward party. We'll see what they do. But in other countries, there are a multitude of parties in parliament And and the MSI has been the fourth largest party. This is the reconstituted fascist party. It's been on the sidelines, largely because the center and the center left have been together. Okay, now. Why did this happen? Well, guys, I always say this in America, progressives, liberals, conservatives, never Trumpers, everybody who is against the collapse of democracy in this country must come together to save it. The center left and the center did not hold. Yes, there was a very low turnout. But guess what? authoritarians count on your apathy. I've said that many times. That's why I keep urging people on the fallout, uh, excuse me, on the turnout of the midterms this year, because there will be a fallout that you will not like. A red wave will come if you don't show up. And by these Italian voters not showing up and the center left not holding together, center left and the center right, you get the hard right. The MSI in Italy, the fascist party never really lost their power. Don't forget for years from World War II to the 1991, you had the USSR, you had the Soviet Union, Eastern Europe, you had communism, another evil, but that collapse, and in that collapse, left a lot of countries, uh, not Italy per se, but many chaotic, that's where Putin seized in, you know, looking for another strongman. In Italy, the billionaire Berlusconi came to power, he had his center-right government, and... He teamed up with the uh, MSI fascists, and for the first time in Europe uh, after World War II, so this was like 1994, the the Italians had a, a governing coalition with fascists just 40 years after the ashes of World War II. Remember, Italy and Germany were not our allies. And they've gone through a bunch of rebranding and have had their changes. And Maloney was part of the fascist youth wing, their equivalent of the Italian Hitler youth. Yeah, she's praised Mussolini many times. But the Italian center left has been so weak. They've struggled to connect. They've been backsliding on democracy, right? It's taken a long time to build. Trumpism is still here, though Trump was defeated. He may win again. He may come back. But the tea, go back to the tea party, go back to Sarapina. A lot of these things have led us to where we are in America. And in Italy, likewise, the center left, the middle, the center right, the dirty moderate place has kind of been eh, and in has stepped the center right, excuse me, In has stepped the far right, where the center right should be. Demonization of immigrants, demonization of the other, rule of law law and order, all the things that they think are the buzzwords, globalist elites, which really is a cloak for anti-Semitism, folks, for those that don't know. Berlusconi famously said in 2003 that M- M- Mussolini never killed anyone. He sent people to have vacations in confinement. So there were fascist prisons, guys. Mussolini created a ton of them, killed a lot of people. He had islands where, p- where he would send uh, opponents of his government. To be tortured. Italy was a conqueror in Ethiopia, in Libya. They colonized a lot. They had mass killings. They were aiders and abettors of the Holocaust. Maloney was again a minister of youth in Berlusconi's government from like 2008 to 2012, something like that. And that is where she got her stripes. She earned her fascist epaulets. Immigration. Demographic changes, famously saying Italians, native born Italians, will be gone in two to three generations. Now, here, Italy has historically low birth rates, but it also demonizes other cultures who might be born there. There's always been this nationalist preoccupation in Italy. Il Duce wrote it to power. He famously once said the entire white race, the Western race, could be submerged by other races of color that multiply with a rhythm unknown to our own. That could come right from the Nazi playbook. Maloney has been on Twitter saying things again. Soros, the globalist, the EU, Italian identity, uncontrolled mass migration, xenophobia, the paranoid style everywhere. There have been proposals afoot to deny citizenship to children born in Italy to foreign parents and to make sure all foreigners can never get welfare. It's been here, folks. It's all here. Maloney's walked that double line so as not to rock the boat too much. Berlusconi, by the way, is a criminal convicted in bribery. And it's been really problematic. Orban has been problematic. It's worrisome. Who knows what the Brothers of Italy Party could do? Who knows? Who knows what to say when you heard make America great again, right? It's an isolationist phrase, folks, from the 1930s for people that didn't want the United States to enter World War II. All of this lingo, though each country I'm talking about is different, they're all linked by a, a demonization of their fellow citizens or fellow member of the country, even if they're not citizens, for political gain, for grievance, for rage, for power. Brothers of Italy is doing that. Italy has an electoral college. After World War II, they had a revamping of their constitutions to sort of block fascist power. They have a parliament, of course, so the prime minister is accountable. is the way they are in England, France, everywhere that there is a parliament. But, you know, Maloney is the kind of person that, like Trump, wants to be a queen or king. You know, they want to be a major head of state. God, fatherland, and family was Maloney's slogan. God, fatherland, and family. And you know what? That was Mussolini's slogan, too. Make America Great Again was the isolationist slogan. That was Trump's slogan. Native born native-born. The other is not welcome. And indeed, a specter haunts Europe, not just Italy, but all of Europe again. And it haunts this country. It's the fight for democracy, folks. It transcends borders. We can only do our part at home, but we must join with anybody anywhere who still believes in this beleaguered but still great form the best form of government known as democracy. Folks, go to vote.org, vote.org. That's one way to save democracy. I hope, as I always say, you're registering your sisters, brothers, cousins, dog walker, everybody. I can't say it enough. Go to dirtymoderate.com to follow our full coverage of the midterms, 2022 midterms, which are existential. Follow our show on Instagram and Twitter at Dirty Moderate. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts please. We thank you for your support. We've been growing exponentially and that is all because of you. So it is with great thanks, uh, that, uh, we're able to do this. And I'm sitting here talking to you folks. Thanks for joining us. Stay dirty, stay moderate and stay safe.